Welcome to the Megavision Show, episode 101. My name is Chris Powell, and I'm the editor of Megavisions. We have a very special show for you this week. To celebrate the launch of Shinmu the Animation, we're introducing a new series for our YouTube channel called Talking Shinmu, where we break down each episode of the Shinmu anime with members of Megavisions and the Shinmu community. We don't know if Talking Shinmu will be a permanent fixture for the podcast, but if you want to make sure you keep getting each future Talking Shinmu episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash megavisionsmag. This first episode was pretty lengthy, so we're going to skip this week in gaming news, but don't worry because Marcin's going to be back very soon with all the gaming news to keep you up to date. Before we jump into the show, I want to quickly remind you to join our Patreon if you want to secure your next issue of Megavisions Magazine. So go to www.patreon.com megavisions. Once you become a patron, every issue will ship right to your door, and each issue of Megavisions contains 64 pages of neo-retro coverage spanning every console generation and features a new original cover by Sketchcraft. So remember, go to www.patreon.com megavisions to secure your next issue of Megavisions Magazine Today. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the first episode of Talking Shinmu, where we break down each episode of Shinmu the Animation with members of Megavisions and the Shinmu community. Before we begin, I want to introduce our panel for this week. We have Scotty, Antichrist, and Graham. How's it going, fellas? Yo. Let's hey. get sweaty. <laughs> It's good to have the gang all back again. Uh, but before we jump into it, I want to give each of you an opportunity to tell the listeners a little bit about your personal history with the Shinmu series. Uh, Graham, we'll, we'll jump with you first. What, uh, what can you Whoa. tell us about your personal history of Shinmu? Oh, God. Well, I, I got it back on the Dreamcast when it first launched uh, in the UK. And uh, it's, it's one of those games that I was following like for ages, like um, back when the Dreamcast magazine first came out and everything and like just following this game that looked amazing. And I grew up on like martial arts movies and stuff. And I remember like reading all about this game. This is this is insane. Like you can go anywhere, do anything uh, kind of thing. Uh, I know that's, you can't really do that in the actual game, but the way they were talking about it was like, this sounds so good. And then I got the game and I know there's some people who find it kind of boring, but I loved every second of it. So just just getting in there, like the opening scene to the game was just blew my mind. The graphics, the animation, the way they did it, so good. And then just just exploring just simple things like going into Rio's bedroom and opening a drawer and being like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, so yeah, I, I love the franchise. Um, I don't know if I'm like necessarily an expert about it. I don't know as much as some people, but I really enjoy the games. And yeah, so... I mean, that's me. I, I, I freaking love it. And obviously, I got Shemu 2 on the Dreamcast over here because I know in America you guys didn't get it. Um, but yeah, when it came out over here, I was like, this is so good. And it's such a good game. So I'm really excited for the animation. So yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Anti Chris, over to you. What what uh, what are your thoughts or or history with, with Shinmu, I should say? Cool. So I am the young man in the group. Um, I think when the Dreamcast was coming out, uh, one, my family couldn't afford a Dreamcast, so I didn't get exposed to everything that was uh, the Dreamcast until way later in, like, senior year of high school or junior year of high school. Uh, and I tried it. I tried it a lot, uh, and I hate <coughs> it. I hate Shenmue. <laughs> um, oh, Yakuza, Yakuza is a better Shenmue. 
a hundred times over. So like, I like the framework that the Shenmue games laid out so that uh, Yakuza can, can fly and be what it is today. Um, yeah, that's that's really I, all I think I should say right now. <laughs> no, that's fine. Here, I, I said this, uh, I think, in the podcast last week or the week before, but mm. Shinmu is not a game that's for everyone. It certainly is not. It, it is a very unique game. And at the time, it was a groundbreaking game. And if you kind of go back and, and try to play it nowadays, it it you have to go in with a very open mind because it it you know it doesn't necessarily the controls and stuff uh, you know it doesn't uh, equate very well to today's standards. So anyway, I hope though that this anime might be a good opportunity for you to to you know get into the Shinmu lore a little bit more. Um, since the games weren't your cup of tea, but uh, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, uh, Scotty. I know you have a lot of history with the Shinmu series. You and I did a whole playthrough of uh, was it was it Shinmu one or two? I can't remember now uh, when one. we did it. It was a Shinmu two. That's right, because that was the first time actually I completed Shinmu two with with you and I playing together. That was awesome. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about you and Shinmu. That was a lot of fun. Um, for those wondering, uh, it was like an eight-episode excursion of the second <laughs> game, which I was solely using as an excuse for me to finally play that game and prep for three, which I still have not played. Um, <laughs> that was but, time well uh, spent. That was, yeah, that was back on the sideshow. For So if anybody wants to look up the Megavision sideshow, that's when we did that. But um, the first game I got for Christmas when it came out, and it was one of the two games I got for Christmas. I got this, and in the States, it's called Jet Grind Radio. Um, Jet Grind Radio is great. You know, Dragula, it's got everything. It's got Dragula. Uh, <laughs> Shenmue, I hated. I did not understand <laughs> yeah! why the magazines told me to get this game. I didn't understand why it was cool to Game's run garbage. around. <laughs> I hated it as a 16-year-old dumb child. And so... Fast forward, and I decide I'm going to pick it up again, like in my 20s, and I really liked it, and the third disc was broken. Like, it had been, like, in my college travels, the third disc was just, like, in four even pieces. So something must have, like, landed right on it. And so I'm like, but I like this game now. What will I do? And I'm only telling this story just to make people hate me. I bought Shenmue again for eight bucks at a retro <laughs> shop at that time. And um, and I lo- and I love the first game. I-, I played it recently for Extra Life, uh, on Extra Life Day, uh, for 12 straight hours of it. Um, it really, it definitely is not for everyone, but those that love it, love it. There- there's nothing in between. There's really, like, those that hate it and those that love it. Well, I take that back. I feel like there's a fan base, or a, um, an opinion in between that is, I respect what this has done, but Jesus, I cannot play this, you know, because um, <laughs> it ha- it still has done some things True. that games do not tackle. Um, and then, yeah, I never really played the second one because when the Dreamcast died, I went to GameCube and I never got Shenmue 2. I got Shenmue 2 on Xbox, even though I never even owned an Xbox at that time, original Xbox. So and then eventually played it for the uh, Shenmue journey we did and very much enjoyed the second game. I will say that it's... I don't know which one I like better, but that's not what we're here for. Uh, I'm very happy that this anime exists, though, because years ago, on a in another life, on another Sega site, I did a Dreamcast... It was called the Dream Podcast. 
and I said, just finish Shenmue in an anime. That's the only way we're ever going to get any more of it. I know that's not the best way to do it, so I called it, and I, and I want money somehow for predicting this. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's great. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is, I, I think, this is what everyone's really excited about, because... I think we all kind of understand the likelihood of the Shinmu story being completed in video game form is is probably pretty low, right? Uh, with just how slow and, and how much of the story unfolds with each kind of chapter or game. Uh, so I think this is probably the most likely scenario in which we get to f- actually complete the, the Shinmu uh, storyline, whether it be in anime or maybe even manga form later on. But anyway, that was that was a good recap, Scotty. That was very good times uh, playing uh, Shinmu 2. Um, it was like a, we had like a book club, essentially, because we're like <laughs> ragging each other. I One of my favorite things, like honestly, one of my favorite moments in just the goofy podcast that we do and everything was when Graham joined you and me for that once, Chris. And he had not, I don't I don't think he had listened to the episodes. He hadn't been on the episodes, which was totally fine. Nope. But you and I, Chris, are just talking about our impressions of Rio, like uh, traveling to Hong Kong on a bus and like standing in the middle of the bus like a psychopath. <laughs> so and it was so great because we had been continuing this portrayal of Rio. We didn't realize until Graham was like, I love how you guys have basically... Uh, just decided that he is an emotionally stunted psychopath trying to find these people. <laughs> it, it made so much sense as well. Like, I just didn't twig in my brain. And then you guys talked about it. I was like, oh my God, you're so yeah. right about this. Yeah, that's Pretty one of the things is it. that uh, Ryu is just a very awkward guy, especially in the second game. He just does some really weird things that just... <laughs> It just puts people off, and and I think that uh, that's one of the things I also was excited to to see going into this uh, anime is is how are they going to deal with that, and are they going to be able to to make this story a little bit more, uh, um, I guess, in a serious tone without some of the campiness um, and some of the awkwardness that Ryu is constantly doing, uh, standing yeah. up in a bus as it's traveling up a mountain. <laughs> that is, sit down, son. And put a seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think I think I feel like the word is palatable. We're hoping this anime will make Shenmue more palatable. Absolutely. You know? uh, for me, I'll, I'll quickly say uh, Shenmue. I was so hyped for the original Shenmue uh, coming out. I fell like all in on all the hype. I read all the magazines. I was so excited for it. And it, I will say, it was the best gift that my ex-wife ever got me for Christmas. Was that that year of Shenmue's release? I got the original. Uh, the Shinmu, and that was awesome. So I played it. I absolutely loved the games and stuff. So uh, I was, though, I've always been in the same mind as you, Scotty, um, just to kind of quickly finish, is that I agree that I think the the, the series would probably be best served uh, to kind of complete out as an anime. So that's what I'm so excited about for this uh, series that's finally come to us. And that's why we wanted to do Talking Shinmu, where we can talk about each episode, break it all down, and that's what we're going to be doing. So the basic format is we'll be rotating members, and we want to, to get members of the Shinmu community as well. So if you're listening to this and you're part of the community, you're really you know uh, passionate about Shinmu, Reach out, let us know. Maybe you could jump onto the show with us one of these days. But the basic format is we're basically just going to run down and recap the episode, go into you know each scene and talk about that. We'll also point out some of the points uh, or or parts where the the anime and the game differ a little bit, uh, and so I think that'll be a fun 
uh, thing to kind of keep an eye on as the story unfolds. We only get a small glimpse in this first episode. It's only like 24 minutes or so. Uh, and a lot actually happens. I will say this. A lot does happen in this first episode. So I think it's going to be cool to see how it unfolds. Uh, but if you're new to Shinmu the animation and you don't really know a lot about it and you're new into Shinmu, I, I want to quickly give you some basic information before we jump into episode one, which was titled Thunderclap, which is a pretty ominous uh, title there. So Shinmu the animation airs every Saturday at 1230 a.m. EST. What a time slot that is, huh? Uh, and it's streaming on Adult Swim, which has the dubbed version, and Crunchyroll has the subbed version. And the anime is a co-production between both of those companies, um, and Telecom Animation is doing the animation duties with Sakurai Chikara, who's best known for One Punch Man. He's serving as the director. And it's also cool, we pointed this out before, but I do want to kind of reiterate it, that the Sega legend himself is... And Shinmu creator Yu Suzuki is overseeing as the show's executive producer. And I was reading some old uh, uh, articles today, just doing a little bit of research. And I can't remember who it was, but one of the people working on the anime was saying that Yu Suzuki gave them a ton of notes. Uh, stuff that never got into the the games. Um, just notes about characters, side stories, and all this other stuff. So there's stuff that we might be seeing in this anime that Yu Suzuki actually wrote for the game, but just never made it in. And so that's going to be really cool to see as we kind of continue on with this. So, but let's jump in to the intro of episode one, the thunderclap. So we begin, the whole anime begins with a glimpse of actually the final scene of, of Shinmu 2 with yeah. Ryu and Shinwa. Not expecting that. Wow. In the stone pit in, in Guilan standing in front of the giant replicas of the dragon and phoenix mirror. Uh, and on, over that, we hear Shinwa's voice uh, reciting the poem. Uh, I want to talk about this really quick, because I saw this, and I immediately like got chills. And all the feels, and it came rushing back to me. I was like, oh my god, what is this? But this is a, a really interesting way to kind of intro, like start the show. I mean, because that's kind of a big spoiler right there, right out of the get-go. What, what do you guys think of that? Uh, it's kind of an anime fashion to have a ton of crap go on in the intro, um, song that you're like, who's this? Who's that? Who's that? Ooh, he, wait, isn't, he, isn't that a bad guy? Why is he hanging out with him? Like all this stuff that's essentially spoilers if you know what you're looking at. So it kind of made sense, but also to be completely honest, I thought like, are you fucking telling me that they started with the wrong episode and this is like episode <laughs> 12 or something? Like, I really thought that for a second because I, I just had an experience with another show where I thought I just bought episode one, but it was called like post one episode 10. And I'm like, what's happening? So that's what I thought. They accidentally <laughs> air the season finale at the beginning. Yeah. You, like, you love pulled to see a Fox, a, a Fox TV thing or something. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Oh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good opening because it, it kind of made sense with her sort of telling the poem. So the poem sets the scene for Shenmue, like Ooh. back when they did the initial teaser trailers for the games and stuff and like everything. So to me, it kind of really works. And I, I liked, even though it's kind of a spoiler alert, it's kind of, it does bring some intrigue. You're like, oh, what is going on here? And then it, then it kicks into the main show. And I, I actually quite like that. And I actually made a note of this about... Um, yeah, how I like how it starts in the cave, basically. I thought it was a great, great idea. 
rather than the way it starts in the game. So I think that wouldn't make as much sense. I wouldn't, that wouldn't set the scene as well as what this did, I feel. That's cool. And it also shows you right away that it is going to still follow kind of closely with the game storyline. You know, you know, you know what, you know, that you're going to get to that point. You know, how we get there, we don't know. But right away, we know how we're going to get there. So, uh, Anti-Chris, anything you got? Well, yeah. So, like, obviously, I've I've never finished Shinmu 2. But I could say, like, from a a thematic standpoint, it's definitely giving you – it's giving you the end point of, like, you know that at some point – uh, Rio is going to get to this point, hanging out with this chick, getting in front of these the, the two mirrors, which you learn about their significance a little bit later on in the episode. So, like, from a person on the st- outside looking in, this is a very common trope that you see in, in anime. Uh, it is, you know, setting goalposts, so to say. So it's it's it to me it's it's nothing special, but it, it was done well, and th- gotcha. I think that that's what's important. Mm. So. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, okay. So now we flash back uh, to November 1986 in Yokosuka, Japan, and it's basically right before where the game begins. And Rio is preparing for a karate tournament, uh, and we see we, it's kinda, it's kind of neat because we get to see a, a little glimpse of what Rio's life was like before Lon Deef showed up and just fucked everything up. Uh, <laughs> And it, it was Person. I loved this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll bleep that one out. <laughs> that was yeah, not in the script, everything. I'll say that. Um, but uh it was neat because we do get to see what kind of life was like at the Hazuka residence before um that day. Uh with Inasan and, and Fukusan, they're cheering uh and encouraging Ryu before he leaves uh for the tournament. Uh I don't know why, but Fukusan tells him that he can't make it to the tournament, but he just knows that Ryu's gonna win. Oh, that was kind of funny. It's like, if you're that, like, why can't you go and show your support? It's like, right, it's in town. What do you got to do, Fukusai? Like, no one really goes. got to sweep the dojo. Sorry. Yeah, I got to get my ass kicked later. I got to train for that. Um, yeah. That's some foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, oh, but then also Inasan tells them that she's going to make them a, a special meal uh, to kind of celebrate. So I think uh, either win or lose, Inasan's got his back. That's pretty nice. Um, and they remind him also. So this is kind of an ongoing theme that you'll see. Um, which I thought is really interesting because it adds a whole new, uh, I think, um, kind of maybe internal uh, uh, struggle that maybe Rio ha- has to deal with as a young man uh, going in, you know, going into adulthood. But uh, they say basically, like, if he wins, this could put him on an important step into getting into any university that he he wants to. So this is kind of a big deal uh, for Rio as he, you know, looks to kind of make that next step in his life and. So then, then he leaves. Uh, he's walks into the kind of the the courtyard there, and he sees his father Iwao talking uh, to Yamagishi San by the koi pond, and they're kind of talking about the the fish and and things there. And uh, as Ryo greets them, and he's telling them he's about to leave, Yamagishi San reminds Ryo to stay focused, uh, and his dad Iwao, uh, and only how Iwao likes to do this, he basically just bluntly tells Ryo, he's like. It's still not enough. You must push harder. So keep that in mind. <laughs> and Rio's like, God, okay. He kind of laughs it off. And he's like, I can never make sense of your advice, Dad. And he kind of leaves. Um, but this oh, was boy. this was an interesting kind of uh, interaction here between Rio and his father. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts like right here? Yeah, it was um, Dude, for me, it was kind of... Uh... It felt like a kind of typical anime sort of trope for me in this in this instance. Um, 
obviously in the game we didn't get to we we saw little bits of flashbacks in the games and stuff but we didn't really see as much as what we've seen even in this first episode of the anime um and it felt like yeah rio was just kind of being like the you know the trendy modern 80s teenager sort of like going yeah dad i don't really get what you're saying like you're you're being harsh with me and like that's like just being you know the tough but loving father who doesn't really explain himself but he doesn't need to explain himself he's the dad he's in charge uh i don't know it's to me it, it felt fine like i i liked that we did get to see some insight into into their relationship a bit more but i it, to me it didn't really add a huge amount to the story yet i don't know if something more is going to come out in the next episode or two uh so yeah i i don't know what were you guys thinking uh, I think it was that one line was awkward when him saying with with Rio saying I still don't understand your lessons or something like that. I mean, it had to be said, but it's uh, it felt so weird. Um, yeah, but I think it was good because it was like, you're my son. You better listen to me. And he also I don't think he said good luck or anything like that. So it showed that he's he's stern, but, you know, he's mm. aware. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting and I thought it was good just to show actual character interaction. I, yeah. I think that what the, the opening scene is trying to do is that, you know, everyone's saying it's like, oh, the trendy 80s teen, but it's really showing the fact that uh, Rio is set apart from the rest of society, and you definitely see that later on, because he lives a very traditional style, like traditional Japanese style lifestyle. Um, mm. You know, they're their family are is wearing traditional clothes and kimonos and sashes and stuff like that his his father is in full like gi attire and he's kind of kick ass at a moment's notice yeah and he's he's (laughs) kind of like stuck in between those two worlds perpetually right so he's got to live his his school life and he comes home and he's got to focus he's got to study and like the entire thing where it's just like uh, his dad is just like, you're not ready. I'm just constantly thinking of like Akuma from Street Fighter and just go to Rio. You have to learn the, uh, the, um, what, what is it called? The, that's, that's we know how to, uh, in order to like become like a, a full fledged warrior. And it's like, it's the stupid quotes where it's just like Rio is just like, uh, the answer lies in the heart of battle or some stupid ass shit like that. And it's like, okay, dad, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go to school now. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny, a funny kind of interaction, but I do think it serves a, a couple purposes, though, because we will see in a little bit that Ryu may kind of over, you know, overestimate his own abilities. Uh, and I think Iwao, he knows what true martial arts masters are capable of, and he knows how far Ryu actually has to go to to really attain his full potential. And I think he's just trying to keep his son on that line. Um, you know, as you know, as kind of a father and and his kind of master, right? Um, so it's kind of like that the, was a, the the differences between like being a professional and playing varsity football. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's there are levels. Someone to these definitely things. acknowledges, like, yeah, you 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 might be cool at school, but you ain't shit, son. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of school, uh, we'll jump to our next scene where we're now at the 1986 Kanagawa Prefectural High School Karate Tournament. I feel like there's going to be like a Cobra Kai style episode, you know, 20 That's what I thought, years from now. Because I just finished season four. I just finished I'm, season four and my brain was like, wait, is our, is Danny Cobra over there doing something? Cobra like, is he going to just jump Kai. in? I'm like, wait, no, that's a different era. That's a different country. <laughs> Miyagi-Do rolls up in there. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, but basically, right away, we see Io, uh, Ryu just basically kicking everyone's butt uh, mm. so badly to the point that he even points out that like no one is even scores a point against him in the whole tournament. Uh, so he quickly kind of runs through the competition and kind of single-handedly puts his team in the finals, uh, which apparently this team has just kind of come out of nowhere because Ryu has recently joined the team and he's by far the best uh, karate uh, you know practitioner on the team. And so... He's now in the finals against the reigning champion, who I don't think ever gets a name, uh, but he's very overly cocky and just just very smarmy. He's that like face that you just want to punch. Totally pulled out of Cromartie <laughs> High. Like that's the best <laughs> way I could put it. Right on. Yeah. Where's uh, his sunglasses so- while fighting? That's why. If you notice, he's still wearing his sunglasses. He's fighting in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, until you get your ass kicked, then you then you look yeah. like an idiot. But you hate so see. there's. There's the scene of uh, two the two teams kind of confronting each other, and the other team is is talking trash and saying stuff like, uh, "Oh, who's about to get their ass kicked?" Or we're gonna swat them like a fly. And I think they even say like, "Where do they go, noob high?" Which I <laughs> yeah. thought was like, "Really? <laughs> yeah, that's all you got there, right?" That okay. might have been an English dub exclusive. That was not could be. Yeah. <laughs> no, they said I watched both of them, and both things they called them dweeb high. And okay. at first, I thought he said weeb high, but yeah. That would be <laughs> on point. Still goofy. And so, I mean, I don't even think Ryu even like really cares that, but he kind of brushed him aside. But his teacher, anyway, pulls him aside and and tells Ryu to stay focused. And if he can win, they basically win the tournament. And so it jumps to uh, the two finally squaring off. Uh, the referee starts the match, and his opponent just runs straight at him, and Ryu just gives like a punch right to the chest. It's like boom, KO. And that's it. And yeah. the guy's like, one punch. Yeah. And in a, a badass move, I mean, this is like right out of the ending to like a Street Fighter, you know, like cutscene after the match. Ryu tells him, there's no reason to feel bad. It's not your fault. No one has ever landed a punch on me in a match before. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Ryu is talking some trash. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, but I do think, though, that this is just one of those examples I was telling you earlier that uh, maybe some overconfidence that Ryu has going on here. What did you guys make of this scene? Yeah, I, I, one thing for me is I actually found it quite interesting that there's, there's a differentiate, uh, differentiator between the game and the anime here in that in the game, even though we know that Ryu does know uh, some martial arts, um, he's still very much a beginner, but I guess that's kind of in the game. You have to sort of build yourself up and fight and stuff. Um, whereas this, he's showing to be a very proficient fighter from the get-go yeah maybe he's yeah like maybe it shows overshadowing of his overconfidence um but like he can beat everyone with one punch he doesn't get hit basically as he sort of says to uh, the guy he fights um in fact it's funny that you said at the start that one of the guys behind one punch man was on this because in my notes i've written rio is one punch man because <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh. um, but uh yeah i think that's quite i think that's quite a good little differentiator between the game and the show and i guess in the game there's a purpose for that because you know games you have to you can't just be great from the beginning of the game really um so yeah i really like that uh, there was one little side note that i want to just bring up in that i don't know if you guys noticed but when rio wins you see the teacher or like his friends are like cheering going yeah and the teacher seems to be standing there crying like with his hands like i was like I just I didn't understand yeah. that bit. I was like, "What happened there? Did I miss something?" I watched it I didn't twice. Understand I was the like, purpose of that it. character at it, all? It, it could yeah. be like the uh, oh crap. He 
he just he just killed another child. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> we well, Rio murdered a kid again. And, uh, yeah. oh, I gotta tell the parents about this. <laughs> to the insurance company. Oh God. <laughs> That's hilarious. He, I did notice that, Graham. I didn't write it down because I just didn't understand what was happening. Uh, but it, it, it apparently, yeah, he was. I, I thought maybe it was because he overheard Rio talking and, and, and basically, I, I, I didn't know what it could have been, but I assumed maybe it had something to do with that. But um, anyone, uh, anti Okay, so again, this this is further showing the audience that there is a distinct difference between Rio and pretty much anyone else that is around him in his life, and it's uh, it's 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 showing that Rio is special, right? That he it's it's kind of like setting the stage to show Rio is the chosen one. He's set apart from the rest of his community and whatever, um, and he he. He's very, very proficient at what he does, and that, that does, I think that that's just the point of the tournament arc that you're that you're seeing here. Your your two minute tournament arc that just comes and goes like that. It's like, oh yeah, no one no one's ever beaten me. I'm just like, okay, so this is this is this is your power level, so to say, starting off, where it's just like, okay, I can I can beat up uh, Cromarty High thugs. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You got to start I somewhere. That this was in there, though. I love that they had this this background to him because it really. I mean, so far we've seen nothing that's happened in the game, and I like that because I don't. I don't know that I. I do see where you're coming from in terms of him being shown as the chosen one, but I think it also it just shows us that like he is not just some idiot who his teacher or his dad happens to teach. Uh, martial arts like he actually is really good at this because it kind of looks like that's basically been his life but getting all of that leads up to like when I first played the game and you see the intro I didn't have any um, uh, not relevance what is it like comparison like I didn't understand like okay I'm just now seeing Ryo of course he's getting his butt kicked because I haven't seen him fight anybody so I don't even know if he knows how to fight and he just gets thrown into this but we're getting all this and he like won the mm. tournament and he's also I didn't take him saying no one has ever laid a punch on me as confidence. I really thought that was setting up emotionally stunted Rio who's just <laughs> stating a fact who is just like like he says that every time someone asks him a question. I, I'm with something. you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I don't like I don't I, think he's being cocky. It's it's literally like yeah. uh it's literally like the, the the main character from One Punch Man. He was just like, "Yep, this is this is life." Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, sorry, you had to get in the way. Yeah, like that is just what his job or something. So, but I, I, yeah, I really, I really, 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 really like that we got this background of how he is essentially a proficient teen in, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of martial arts. And until, you know, his dad clearly could kick his ass whenever. And he doesn't know why because he's just a cool teen. Mm-hmm. We we do get to see uh, a little bit, uh, and I think we get to see a little bit more in the next scene. But I think this shows. How much of a? I think it makes Rio more of a likable character at this early point than even the game did because you do see how dedicated he is, and you know he he you can see it's he's taking it seriously. He's not a punk high school kid because I'll tell you what, when I was in high school, I would you know like there's a, there's no way you could get me doing all some of this stuff, but I love it. Uh, so anyway, uh, after the Ooh. tournament, let's jump into the next scene. Okay, so the next scene is uh, following the tournament, like you said. Uh, but we do get a quick shot between that uh, of the black car and a glimpse of Landy looking all badass and glimmering in that green dragon robes. He, is, I'll say this about Landy: the man knows how to dress. He looks 
awesome mm-hmm. all the time. Definitely a 10, that Land D. Uh, then we quickly jump back uh, to see Ryu and his friends walking home. Uh, Ryu, again, in his gi, where the rest of his friends are in their, I guess, school uniforms, right? Uh, even the, the the teacher is is hanging on in the back. And they're talking about they want to go celebrate, and they invite Ryu to go uh, to kind of celebrate the victory. Uh, but Ryu politely refuses, telling them that he has to go home and, and train with his father some more. And he also has that meal from Inesan waiting on him. So you can't Ooh. you can't skip Inesan's meals. I don't know what, what exactly he was having, but I'm sure it was going to be amazing. Family is important to him. That's that's yep. what you get from it. That's pretty much it. And the next scene is awesome because we get to see our old buddy Tom Johnson slinging wieners yes. in front of Tom's hot dog truck. I was so excited when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and just like the good old days, he's just living his best life, slinging wieners, like I said, serving customers and grooving to the beats on that awesome stereo of his. I will say, I don't know if you noticed, and some other websites have pointed it out, but uh, the truck and the menu and basically everything is is taken identical from from the game, mm. and so I thought that was nice. a very cool touch. Yeah. What did you guys think here? I would as soon as like I was watching with Rachel, my fiance, and I was like, "Yes, the most problematic, but the best <laughs> character in the first game." <laughs> but I was I was very excited uh, to see Tom. Yeah. yeah it, this I, is I, this is one example. I'll, I'll go here and then I'll, I'll touch back to you guys for one second. Tom offers Rio a hot dog, and he's basically like. I got a hot dog with your name on it, and you know it's good. <laughs> Ryu turns down the offer, uh, telling him he's still on his way to practice. So before we leave Tom again, I, I just wanted to say that before we uh, jumped in. Graham, what, what was your thoughts on this scene? I, my, the notes I wrote down was, Tom is awesome. So glad they kept him in. Because just yeah. like Scotty, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I guess he's in it. <laughs> so good. And I, I, lo- I love how chill he is as well. Like, like you say, when Ryu turns down his offer, he's like... No worries. Kind of like, yeah, you do you sort of thing. Like, yeah. Carry on. That's hilarious. That's so good. Anti Chris, have anything here? I don't have. Other than Anti Chris has not been graced with the presence of Tom <laughs> in oh, the video game. So, so right up. I, I saw that. I'm just like, I hope this is a thing in the game because if it's not, <laughs> if it's uh, not. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's a thing. It's a whole they're thing. They're definitely yeah. going to just uh, probably skip over a good bit of what Tom says in the game, but it's for the better. <laughs> Tom Tom needs to have his own spin-off. That's what I'm hearing from you. Hell yeah. I would buy I would wear the shirt that Tom wears, which Tom is wearing a shirt with himself on it. So, you know, a guy is cool when he's got that on. Uh, so in the next scene, it, it, I thought this was a really cool scene. We're finally introduced to Nozomi uh, and you know what? I will say this. I didn't remember that her last name was Harasaki. Did yeah. not remember that at all until he refers to her that many times just as Harasaki, which is weird because I think in the game he always refers to her as Nozomi, right? That's, yeah. I actually made a note of this, yeah, but I didn't know that and I swear they just called it Nozomi in the game. I didn't they're they're just trying to establish that Ryo is placing her hard in the friend zone. <laughs> so we are we are not on first name basis. We we are not there. That's funny. We do get a glimpse of this, and, and let me uh, kind of explain this next scene. We do get a glimpse of that. So, uh, like as I said, Nozomi, uh, we get to see her. She is in an argument with uh, Inoki and Nagashima in the park. Uh, they're trying to beat up a little kid who apparently made uh, Anoki drop his ice cream, and he's sitting there crying and just wants to beat up a little kid for it. Apparently, uh, I sympathize. 
Apparently, this is one uh, other uh, departure from the game. Apparently, in the game, Anoki was mad because the kid hit him with a toy airplane. And so he wanted to beat him up for that, too. And it, I think it happens later in the game as well. It's it after does. the next scene, isn't it? Yeah, it, I made a note right. of that. Yep. Uh, so Nagashimi pushes Nozomi to the ground, and that's basically when Ryu uh, appears and puts a stop to that and basically kicks both their asses pretty pretty easily. Uh, and you see Nozomi like, have those like admirable eyes that just shimmer. You just see, like, oh, my God, Ryu is the coolest dude ever. And he's just like, you know, he p- helps her get up hands her gives her this handkerchief he's like hey girl dust yourself off i'm bouncing and uh okay, i mean that's bye. basically what happens <laughs> yeah. well, he, because- says he doesn't say or act like that at all he's right. still just a very you are dirty handkerchief <laughs> he's like clean yourself off <laughs> oh my god it's just oh, when god. i go up to him and be like you're a sociopath <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but we should also point out, though, like, the way he fights these guys. He doesn't even take off his backpack. He's holding it over (laughs) one shoulder, and he just lays them down with his left or just one arm, basically. So I'm like, oh, as if the karate tournament didn't, like, nail this into our head. He's a freaking badass. He Like, he knows his moves. He could kick basically anyone's ass, like, in town. Like, all the local people, he could kick their asses pretty easily, It shows he's been spending a lot of time in the parking lot just practicing the moves over and over again. That's right. What you do, yeah. That's small right. town. So, yeah. I, I, one one little side thing, which actually happened just before this, which I don't know if you guys picked up on. There's a bit where Rio's before he gets to the park, he notices the snow falling, um, which in oh, the yeah. game was like a key plot point thing. It's like in the game, it seemed like an amazing thing. It's like that day the snow fell, and I I actually day quite the liked snow it. Turned to rain. Yeah. Uh, I just quite liked it that they, they mentioned the snow. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I thought that was kind of like they they somehow managed to weave it into the into it, even though it's like that's the, the thing is it makes sense for this to be an anime because in like a I don't know an American or just like any other cartoon, if the character just said, "Oh, it's snowing," eh, like that seems dumb, but it fits in an anime. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because in anime, they always say exactly what they're thinking in the head. Like, oh, no, yeah. you're the best person I've ever fought. Oh, no, I must run away. Yep, <laughs> yep. So now we're at the Hazuki residence, uh, and now we're getting to the point in the the show where it's actually kind of the, where the game begins, right? Uh, and we immediately see the sky darkening. There's a kind of a noticeable shift in the mood uh, as Ryu is running up his driveway and into the Hazuki residence. Uh, as he's approaching that, that the house, he sees the black car parked in front, and he's kind of, uh, and then he notices the the Hazuki Dojo sign broken in half on the stairs uh, and the steps. And I think at that point he knows something's wrong. He runs in uh, into the uh, that main area, and he sees Inesan lying uh, by the koi pond. He runs up to her and picks her up, and she tells him not to worry about her. That the master is the one who's in trouble. And so Ryu leaves her, runs around, and as he's approaching the dojo, the door is burst open, and Fukusan flies out uh, and uh, is basically kicked out of the dojo. And then as Ryu approaches the doors themselves, we see Iwao and Landi face off, actually. Uh, and there's a sequence that begins that just is is pretty amazing, and it's very brutal and swift, Landi is basically just cuts through Iwao like it's he's nothing, and 
Uh, it was it was crazy to see. Uh, and and he as as Ewow is lying on the ground, Ryu runs over to see you know check on him, and then his you know kind of concern turns to rage, and he turns around and at and shouts at Londi, "You bastard!" Before just charging in, uh, basically kind of like the what the guy did in the tournament. And mm. um, Londi, he strikes first and, and with his slash uh, to Ryu's face, which gives him that kind of infamous cut uh, on his face. And I'm not sure if that was ever, I don't know if that was ever shown in the game or was ever officially recognized. But here we have it, right? Yeah. I, that, I've actually got a note of that saying now we know why he has the 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 plot the, the plot well we call it a plaster band band aid yeah on like yeah. his on his face because yeah um, they never show that in the game they don't I guess they don't show blood in the game because maybe it was too hard to program or they didn't want too graphic but yeah, yeah no that was I, I'm glad you picked up on that because yeah that was cool I really yeah. like that as well because it, it makes it makes sense now yes. Fine. What doesn't make sense is why Ryu just refuses his skin refuses to heal after like two <laughs> years of, of uh, a cut on his cheek. So <laughs> anyway, uh, unless uh, unless he's like it's Nelly, a reminder. Didn't, yeah, ne- didn't Nelly wear like a band aid on his face? He did. His friend was in jail or something. He did. I, w- I, know I was for the same reason. His dad was killed in their dojo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Londi quickly lands a palm thrust, knocking Ryu to the ground and saying that he's not ready to fight him. And I thought it was just crazy how it, it shows how different of a gap there is between the skill, uh, you know, between yeah. Landi and, and Ryu. And I think this goes back earlier to what his father was telling him is like, you are not ready. You know, like you have way much further to go. And we kind of see a little bit of that now. Um, and then, we see, uh, basically, it's the same kind of scene that happens in the game. Uh, you know, Landi is telling Iwao to, to let him, you know, give him the location of the mirror, and he won't tell him, and then he goes over to Ryu and is going to kill him, and then he finally tells uh, Landi the location of the mirror. Hmm. And then uh, there's also a moment where Landi asks if he remembers uh, Zhao Sunming, and I thought that was uh, kind of interesting as well. So what were your guys' thoughts of this little <coughs> part right here? Sorry. Was that in the game? Does he state his name in the game? Because I, I honestly do not remember that. I'm pretty sure he does. Okay. I vaguely, I'm sure I'm sure he says, like, yeah, do you remember? I can't, I can't pronounce his name. You know, Chris, I can't say anyone's names these days. Uh, <laughs> I but, said Zhao Son Ming, but I don't know if that is the, the proper. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, um, the man you killed or whatever. Like, I'm pretty hmm. sure he says that. Okay. Uh, I guess I just blocked that out somehow, because that's a pretty I'm, big deal. Unless I'm, <laughs> unless I'm completely forgetting that. I should have rewatched the opening to... to uh, yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought about doing that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was, as I was talking, I was going to say, um, I loved this whole thing simply because it was almost a shot-for-shot remake of the game, and I thought that was brilliant. Like, the sign on the floor, yeah. Ine-san, Fuku-san flying through the doors, then also in the in, in, in the dojo, like, the bit when he picks up Ryu, like, you know, like, from the neck, basically, yeah. and then, and, like, pulls out his hand, like, that, the camera angle and everything, and the movements, just like... Like now, tell me where is the mirror? Um, basically, um, yeah, that was awesome. That, that is really why I'm so excited for this because nothing against the game because you know th- limitations and whatever with the hardware. But I never felt like 
the the actually hitting blows had the impact that they wanted in the game itself. But in this one, you see that like, oh, uh, his dad's ribs are in pieces right now because that <laughs> blow went through him. Like it did not stop. Like that was the intent. It's like Landy was aiming for the space behind his father, not his father. He's done. You know, like you actually see that now. And so then Londi gets the mirror and, and leaves the uh, leaves the dojo, and then we see we actually see the snow change to to rain, which is a really neat moment there. Uh, Scotty, you kind of alluded again, to it com- earlier. Completely over my head again. So. <laughs> That's a small thing. <laughs> oh, I guarantee um, you, it'll be mentioned at least five times in the next episode. Right. <laughs> uh, and so then, uh, yeah. uh, and so Ryu's holding a, a dying Iwao in his arms, and uh, Iwao tells Ryu to to keep your friends and those that you love close to you. Uh, before he finally uh, passes away. Um, and so, yeah, that was just a very powerful scene. Uh, and we're from there, we cut quickly uh, to the docks. And it's, it seems like it's maybe right after this uh, happened. And it's Londi sitting in the black car, uh, telling one of his black-suited henchmen to basically go find uh, the other mirror. And then the camera pans up, and we see uh, Chai uh, spying on a rooftop basically nearby. He overhears this and he knows now that Londi is, is searching for the other mirror and he's going, uh, I guess in his mind to go and, and find it. And man, if he doesn't look like Smeagol or Gollum yeah. before, he certainly does in this scene. Don't you think? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say uh, this next scene I thought was really interesting because we didn't actually get to see any, any of this part in the game. Uh, we see we're back at the Hazuki residence and where there's some police detectives. Uh, they're talking to Ine-san and, and Fukusan. I think Ryu is there as well. Uh, Ine-san it gives the the detectives some documents, basically all of uh, Iwao's uh, documents that people he was associated with. Uh, they tell him that they're gonna uh, you know do their investigation and, and they leave. Um, I guess in the game, this you know this never happened, but there mm. is a, a a bit where you can call uh, the the number oh, uh, to the police right. station, um, but then Ryu uh, tries to call, but he just basically sets the receiver down and says there's no point involving the police. So, <laughs> that, so if you ever wondered why yeah. why did he just call the cops? Well, apparently they wouldn't care anyway. But um, Ryu doesn't understand phones. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a note of that. That I'm glad you brought this up because I made a note of it, saying it's interesting that we actually get to see the police invest, like looking to investigate his father's death. Because in the game, it felt like it was never addressed, and people just seemed like the next day people seemed to carry on with their life. And we were just like yeah. walking around asking questions, um, which I think as a kid I never really got that. But it's like later on, I was like, "Yeah, yeah how come he never called the police? Why aren't they involved?" So I always that, that's good did, to see that, that did bother me first playing the game too. It's like why this is such a small town like where's the andy griffith because there's no way like the state police give a shit about this happening like what's going on here you know no rio's a real one he knows the popo ain't shit yeah (laughs) yeah i always thought too that londy being in organized crime probably has the police paid off at this point too so that's how i always kind of thought in my head and, and kind of figured that out so that's why i assumed that the police weren't too involved in this um i don't know I'm talking shit. So, I mean, that's um, what we had back then, though, with this game. Even though it was so story-driven, we kind of created our own world and stuff mm-hmm. because there wasn't a whole lot of... We You're filling in, in the, the gaps. Thank yeah. you. Mm. Yep, absolutely. That makes sense. 
And so the police, they leave, uh, and, and Ryu's basically standing there and, and just basically wondering aloud, like, what are they even going to basically be able to do? He wants to find out who like Lon D is, and he wants to also find out if his father actually did kill somebody. Um, but Ine-san and Fuku-san both encourage Ryu to let the, to, the police handle this and kind of let them take care of it, and they want him to focus on going to university and kind of taking that next step in his life because, you know, that's what his you know father would have wanted. And they, he wouldn't want him to put himself in danger by going after these people um, by himself. Um, did you guys have any other thoughts on this uh, scene right here before we jump to the next one? Thinking about that statement now, if I was about to go to college and I just watched someone kill my dad, I don't think I'd be able to just pack up and go to school. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, all right. Yeah. I'm done with my SATs. Here we go. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you're right, but the game it, it is. You're right, and it's it's cool that you point that out because they do actually kind of uh, recognize that a little bit. And this is another example, I think, how the writing is pretty good in this game, and and, and makes it the whole story just flow much more naturally and and, mm-hmm. and gives some of that. So, um, I guess there is a moment too in the game. Uh, between this scene and the next, as as it continues on, where where uh, Ryu has a nightmare about Lon D, um, in between there, so we don't actually get to see that in the anime, in the anime. So I wanted to point that out really quickly. Um, and so this is a, a, a another departure from the game. Then the next scene, we see uh, Ryu sitting on a bench in uh, Sakura Goka uh, Park. I'm pretty sure I butchered that one, uh, but he's he's kind of sitting there in, in silence, and you can see he's just very solemn and, and sad. He's watching a father uh, play with his son on a swing set. He's pushing him, and as he's seeing that, he's kind of having flashbacks uh, to him and his father training, and it's, it's interesting. It, like He doesn't have the memories of getting pushed on a swing. He has memories of his dad not throwing him and you know, teaching him. And it shows like the difference there of the kind of father that Ewell was. But even still, they you could tell that they had a very strong bond, a very strong father son relationship. And um, man, just talking about, it, I'm I'm kind of like it's sad. You know, it's this was a very strong moment. I thought I thought it was very interesting to kind of see this. So, what do you guys think about this scene right here? I mean, I mean, think about the situation. It's just like if 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 or when you had your parent pass away right it's like your where would your thoughts be usually be dwelling on that individual and then you know any little bit of you know relatable content that you that you see uh you know is probably going to pull at the memories that you have of that individual so it's just like you know this is this is normal you know it's maybe maybe rio is not normal but it's a normal sentiment you know what i mean so it's and I'm not I'm not talking down about the anime so far, but I think that this is just my overall you know, the way that I'm I'm viewing it is that there's a lot of cliche moments in this uh adaptation of Shenmue that can correlate back to any eighties and early nineties anime with a similar setting and tone. Um but it's done well. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's very cliche, but it's tasteful, and I think that that's what's important. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's nothing super. You know, there's nothing really that's going on here that is drastically new or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that. So, 
Uh, okay, in the next scene, we see uh, Ryu walking down the street, which is kind of uh, almost feels like the game a bit. You see, you know, him, him walking, but he's kind of talking to himself and asking if you know his father could really be a man that could have you know kill someone. Uh, he comes across Nozomi, uh, and they have uh, she has his handkerchief and she gives it back to him, and they have uh, kind of an awkward exchange. But I do think that they handle this pretty well, and where she kind of. She's asking him how he feels and if he's okay, and she basically says, like, you know, I don't really know what to say, um, but she's there if he needs any help. And um, I, and I thought this was a really cute scene. Uh, hmm. She tell, she invites him uh, to go get a hot dog at Tom's, and as she's asking him, and there's a silent moment there, and her stomach growls, and he's like, wait a second, are you asking me because you're just hungry or what? And it's, it's kind of funny, and they end up laughing about it. I thought it was a kind of a cute moment. Between Ryu and Nozomi, because you don't get those at all in the game. You know, it's just a very dry and and kind of awkward interaction mm. between them most of the time. Even when, you know, Nozomi is you know trying to reach out and and you know talk to to Ryu when he's going through all this. But now you get a glimpse of of him kind of softening up a little bit and 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 having a laugh, even though you know he just lost his father. So, what are your guys' thoughts? I almost expected him to just walk away and it's just like you know if you need me for anything just let me know and he's just like okay bye <laughs> and even even like when when her stomach starts growling and it's just like oh i'm hungry for the hot dog and rio is just like well just go get a hot dog and then he just leaves yeah yeah i would i was half expecting him to say go get a hot dog then i don't need a hot dog i need my father you know something again it, really pushing that emotionally oh. stunted young man yeah. I thought it was great though. I really liked it because you never. This is something you never see in the game at all, and mm. don't even get close to. Especially with uh, with uh, Gro actually laughing at something, which I thought was great and kind of weird, but also good that it showed he has emotions. But it was a weird time because, it's, yeah, I don't know. It was strange, but also great. But uh, keep in mind at this point, the only in the game, really the only meaningful conversation Ryu, I think, even really has in the entire game is with a cat. It was when he opens up <laughs> and talks like to a cat. That's the only emotional connection yep. Ryu pretty much has in the game. Oh so yep. to see that we Sweet. have this, this is a big moment for the Ryu here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. She's no cat, but she's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, as we continue on, uh, once I get to Tom's uh, stand, though. Uh, there's no hot dogs on sale. Tom's not slinging wieners today, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, he had to close up shop because this uh, black car came by and, and hit his, hit his uh, truck a few days prior. And, man, it's he's got to go get that in the shop, which is interesting, though, because Nozomi also says that, hey, I almost got ran over by a black car My. right there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think it kind of consolidates that whole bit right there because in the game you learn about it like a little bit. Um, oh, that's different. yeah. We just bypassed like two hours of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. I actually made a note on this saying I like how they did weave those. Those are like the clues that you find in the game, mm-hmm. um, which, as you say, take can take a couple of hours because you're just walking around talking to people. And go, oh, I think this person saw it. Oh, maybe that person. Go speak to them. Yeah. So. I would though like it would be great if when he does uncover. A clue if we get that little sound effect oh, from the game. Yeah, the notebook chime. Like pulls out his notepad and starts writing it down, but not 
just in order, like a random page. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, I'll need to, I'll need some space for this. I'll, yeah. I'll skip like six pages. That's great. <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, Ryu, you know, being the quick thinking and, you know, debonair man that he is, he says, how about we go get ramen instead? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she agrees and they go to Ajiichi Chinese restaurant. And mm-hmm. as, as they're, you know, eating food, uh, basically, She's talking to him, and he's telling her a little bit about what happened. And he mentions Lon D's name, uh, and an old man overhears uh, him mention his name. And he's the, the man is actually Luson. I don't really remember him in the game all that much, but apparently, him and another character in the actually Chinese restaurant are in this scene from the mm. game. So yeah. That- yeah, and again in the game, this is like hours in from me- from memory. I remember this being a little bit later on when you get to speak to this guy about you know um, like a, a, one of the Chinese residents basically in the in the area um, about it. Um, and yeah, again, I quite like how it's more natural the way this has happened. Like I, again, in a game, you kind <laughs> of have to have regression and stuff. But yeah, it seems a bit more. Well, actually, it's a bit weird the way that in the Chinese restaurant, the guy's like, oh, Lan Di, you say? Never heard of him. But it sounds Chinese. Could be in the map. <laughs> Not only Chinese, but he sounds like he's with the cartel, I think. Or something with a like name that. like that, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's basically yeah. what he says. And then he, he, basically, and then he says, uh, those unsavory types bypass the immigration system by operating out of the harbor. <laughs> yeah. Clue. And racist. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and this we is, we didn't this say is. this game is is not this you know source material is not problematic in, in, in at all. So who knows? <laughs> no, this I mean, we talked about game. Tom earlier. So I... yeah. Uh, next scene uh, is Ryu standing outside the Hazuki residence once again, uh, kind of wondering about the Chinese what the Chinese mafia would want with his father, and he kind of de- dejectedly says, "There's nothing I could do, even if I knew." And so he's kind of. You feel like maybe he's accepting the fact that, you know, what can a kid do against, you know, the mafia? So, but then he looks over and notices the door to the dojo is is open and he walks in to investigate. And then Chai, that son of a bitch, attacks him. He's hiding in wait. And th- this is like an awesome fight that unfolds. But this is, again, another out of sync moment. Uh, which doesn't happen in the game till like you know much later um, in there. But basically, Chai demands no. He wants to know where the mirror is and says that Ryu can't beat him at all in a fight. And you know what? Chai's kicking his ass at first. He's like super fast with those little dagger knife hand things he's yeah. doing, and it looks like Ryu has no you know defense against him and just doesn't really know uh, you know how to respond here. Um, and then I guess there's a point. Oh, he even that was pretty cool too. He he does that strike and he knocks off Ryu's band aid, mm. which I saw that part in the trailer for the anime, and I thought they were that is where he got it from because I saw him knock it off, but that's also where like the you could see the blood again, the cut, and I was mm. like, oh man, is that what happened there? I didn't know, but this was a really interesting fight. What did you guys kind of think of everything that's unfolding right here? Uh, the answer uh, lies in the heart of battle. Like that's uh-huh. that's essentially uh, where it's just like, oh, that's what my dad meant. And you just like wait fifteen years, just like not knowing. Just like okay, old man, whatever, whatever you say. And he has that 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 Ryu moment where it's just like, oh, 
maybe strength isn't the only stat I need to start dumping into. Maybe I should just start like <laughs> moving around and letting his momentum get the best of him or something like that. And then he just becomes like this this blocking ninja. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, was like, there was something to the effect his father tells him that there's going to be moments when he's going to fight someone, I guess the opponent's going to be stronger than you. You kind of have to accept that and 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 scrutinize their movements and, and find a way to win. And I think once he accepts that, he's not stronger than him and he accepts it and kind of uh, becomes more calm and then he can kind of go into that and, and whip some ass. But uh, Scotty, you're about to say something. I was waiting for him to do the Dragon Ball move that blocks anything in the world and just cross his arms. It doesn't matter what's getting thrown at you. Bullets, fists, anything. You just cross your arms and you're good to go. <laughs> it's it's basically the, the, the moment in all the Hulk Hogan movies where he, or uh, matches where he like hulks up and you, he's just throwing punches and nothing gets through. But he ends up um, beating uh, Chai... And as he's doing that, we hear the the th- the Shinmu theme in the background, and and Shinwa again uh, reciting the poem. Uh, I thought that was just a beautiful way of how we're kind of wrapping this whole scene up. Yeah. Um, and then after oh, that, one, go ahead. There's one thing. Sorry, there's one. This is my random thing. I kept noticing random things in this. <laughs> I don't know if you notice. So before the fight with Chai, he's outside by the tree and everything. And then he stands in the doorway, and that's when Chai sort of jumps on him. Suddenly, he's got no shoes on. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Rio, Rio. Well, even Rio in the heat of battle, shoes. he respects. He's, he's, mm-hmm. He has respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things. I was like, uh, I was like his shoes have disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah um, it would have been great if they showed that animation from the game where you walk out and it shows like him taking his shoes off and stepping into the dojo. And then the next thing is like Chai punching him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just got to assume uh, that's what's happened, but it's weird that he's like, oh, someone's in there. I'm going to have to investigate this. Better take my shoes off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just well, it was quite funny. But yeah, I love that chai. That chai fight, oh, that's good. It's I, I, it's kind of a bit of a trope in like how he's worked out, unlocked what his father is telling him all these years, but I liked it. I liked the way they did it. So yeah. Uh, but in the next scene afterwards, we see uh, Ryu again uh, talking to Ine-san and Fuku-san, and he's basically telling them like, hey, I'm... I'm the police aren't going to do nothing. I'm handling shit now. And I, you know, he, I, I nothing you can do is going to stop me basically. And so, uh, Inesan, uh, re- reluctantly accepts, uh, Ryu's decision and gives him a letter, uh, that was addressed to his father. She's like, Oh yeah, by the way, this came in the mail like four or five days ago. I was not going to give it to you, but since you're really pissed off right now, here, here it is. It's a letter from Yandao Zoo. <laughs> and I thought and, it was going to uh, be his allowance. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. You hear the money go up. Yeah. Here's five dollars. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And then, you know, as the episode kind of ends from there, we see again Londi and, and Shinwa again. So it kind of gives us some foreshadowing and and that's basically uh where the episode ends. Um and that man, wow, that was a lot happened. In that first episode, so um, now that you know, now that's over and we finished it, I've watched it several times. Scott, you said you've watched both the dubbed and the sub version. Yeah, yeah. Let's go around and kind of talk about just overall thoughts, and I guess if you want to give it a one out of five rating of how you would rate this first episode, what would you think? 
it laid out a lot and a lot of anime uh, another kind of anime trope is almost nothing happens in the first episode until like the last scene so i was happy that we got so much and more than the game gave us in i'm sure people are like out there saying like all right so this is about eight hours into the game now is where we are you know like it felt like it covered a lot of ground which was really cool but also didn't scratch the surface so i i enjoyed it but i'm also a big fan of shenmue so i don't know how to look at this unbiasedly like if this is a good if that's even a word if this is a good anime or if it's like even a show that people having no knowledge of shenmue or anime could just watch and be like i want to play this game now but i liked it Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I I will say I I got my kids to watch it with me and I thought that might be a good a good kind of litmus test to someone for for, for, well, for for someone who does have never seen or or really played the the games at all. Like, could this be something you could introduce someone to having not, not seen it or watched any of the source material before, but enjoys anime, enjoys One Punch Man and uh, I I can't remember the other. uh, Was it? Attack on Titan that the director did as well. I can't remember what it was. Um, But he likes stuff like that. So I wanted to see. And um, I think he liked it a little bit. But I still think it's just like it it may not be for him. Just the the, this this kind of anime itself. But um, yeah, that's kind of where he was from. But uh, do you have a uh, if do you have a rating you would give it out of out of five? If you had to give just this one episode. I know you said. It's hard to look at it without those kind of rose-tinted glasses a little bit. But if you're just looking at it based on this one episode, what do you think? I mean, it had action and drama and comedy. And uh, I I would give it four Lord of the Rings LARPers out of five. (laughs) That sounds fair. Uh, Antichrist, over to you. What do you think? What are your overall thoughts? Uh, I, I think that it's a solid first episode. You know? Um... It, again, it covers a lot of ground. I wish that they would be. It could just be the character, um, but that Rio is not a very passionate individual. He's just kind of like living his life. Uh, even even when like confronted with the the ideal or the the option of hunting down his father's killers, it's kind of like. I don't know, kind of, kind of figuring myself out. Which I mean, there is a little bit of a charm to that, where it's like he's he's legitimately just trying to carve his own path in in taking on this challenge. Um, but overall, no, I I thought that everything was pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna give it like a a strong three to light four. Um, I don't hate it, and this is just going to further cement that I think Shenmue should have been an anime and not a video game. <laughs> I think that's fair. Nice, nice. Graham, Graham, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think for a fan <coughs> of the game, it does a lot of fan service. So, like though, like I say, the, the scene with the, the fight in the dojo and stuff, that whole thing was almost shot for shot, like in the video game. And there's like certain other little nods that I've sort of mentioned about like the snow and some of the conversations they have, um, the way they weave them in. They may not be always in the same order, but they're they're kind of they're part of the game. They're part of what made the story in the game, and I I love the fact that they've done those and the way they they managed to introduce certain characters who are part of the game as well. Um, 
so yeah as a as a fan of the game i really enjoyed this first episode and like scotty said i feel like they've managed to cram quite a lot into the first episode but not like not go over the top just just enough to introduce you to the characters to the idea of what what is going to happen like set you up for the set you up for the rest of the anime um so yeah for me i'm gonna say i think a four i'm gonna say four out of five um very strong four out of five i feel like there could i, I don't know what could make it a five out of five but hopefully some other episodes later in the later in the series will be a five out of five but yeah i'm very happy with what they've done here it's great yeah, that, that was well said, Graham. I, I agree uh, with a lot of what you said. I I think this was a strong episode. I They packed so much into this. The thing I would have liked to have seen a little bit, I would have liked to have seen that, that, uh, the tournament. I would have liked to have seen more from there, maybe a little bit longer fight scenes, to see Ryu kind of going through more of the local competition there, maybe seeing some of the other stuff. But I get it. That, you know, they had only have get... 21 minutes. <laughs> right, and I get that. I'm just trying to look at some some aspects of this that maybe I would have liked to see more of because I, I was very happy with it overall. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 in this opening episode. I think they did a great job. They did a good job of sprinkling in those little and kind of filling in those nuggets of, of, of bits of, of what was happening between these key moments that you see in the game. Uh, and just kind of uh, fleshing out the personalities of all these characters. And I think finishing in, you really, it, it, it's crazy because there's so much where they can go with this. Obviously, we know where they're going to go, but um, it kind of sets Ryu off on this journey um, that they're going to go on. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, the only, you mentioned, Chris, like things you wished were in there. The only thing I, or things to add to it, maybe. I kind of wish we got to see the ramen they were eating because I love just how food looks in anime and like in the Yakuza <laughs> games and stuff. Like I, I was going to mention even the Yakuza if, games, yeah. Yeah, like even if it was just that one still shot of just like the steaming bowl and then like, oh, their conversation and their dinner happens, you know, like show time passed or whatever. But mm. um, yeah, I, the only like critique I have is it was weird seeing the big street or like a view of the street they were walking on because it felt like a bigger actual city. Whereas in the game, it feels like this small little town. Mm. That was my only... I, I prefer the small little town. But we'll see how they portray the rest of the stuff. But I do... I, I do I'm very curious to see what they do about all the mini-game stuff. Because that is like a big part of Shenmue for people. Yeah. I want to see if we get like them just being at an arcade for no reason. Or like, I got this Gashupon. Or like, Ryo drink and chugs a can of Coke for no reason, you know? So, yeah, I wonder if there were even any of the QTE though. scenes, you know, like where the kid kicks a football at him randomly. Yeah, and you have to like quickly grab it. <laughs> as as so. cool as it would be, I, I doubt we'll get that. Although it would be neat if if we can get an arcade scene, and I mean we will Something. get that. We do. I've, I've, we've seen that he will be in an arcade, but it'll be it'll be neat to see if we get some of those background. You know, you can actually hear yeah. some of the games being played, stuff like that. That would be great. So. And- It'd be cool if he can like get music for his Walkman and also have a Sega Saturn randomly <laughs> under his TV. It's not going to be the I video would game. Lose my mind if there is a Sega Saturn in this series. I will lose oh, my mind. Okay. There's no so. reason for it to be in there. <laughs> so I think that's going to wrap it up uh, for for this first episode of Talking Shinmu. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for for joining. We'll definitely bring you back on again. Like I said. Uh, we want to get more members of the Shinmu community. We'll also get some other members of the Megavision staff. And you guys will definitely be back on again many times, I hope. Uh, thank you again. And, man, this has been a great 
first episode of, of, of the Shinmu the anime. I'm so excited for where we go from here, right, you guys? Awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us on. Yep. All right. See you next week. More Tom. Yeah.